We are on Yevamos Kuf Zayin Omenal towards the bottom, 107a towards the bottom, and we are continuing in our discussion of the different disputes between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel with regards to Miyun. Dispute number two mentioned in the Mishnah is that Beis Shammai says that you can only do Miyun to the husband, you cannot do Miyun to her brother-in-law, to the Yavam. What happens if her husband dies? She, again, the case is where uh, her mother or brother married her off as a minor, so she's under the age of 12. She's married. This is a rabbinic marriage. Her husband dies. Uh, and now, on a rabbinic level, she's connected to her brother-in-law. And so she cannot do miyun to her brother-in-law, to the yavam. So, but according to Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel says, no, you could do yibam, sorry, you could do miyun to your brother-in-law. Uh, so what exactly is the miyun that we're referring to here that we say that Beis Hillel says you could, in fact, do? Uh, so this will be a big dispute between different opinions in the Gemara. Uh, so let's see it inside. Amar Rav Oshir. Rav Oshir says, The case here is not where they already did Yibam. If they already did Yibam, so they're already married. They're, they're, they're married. Um, even according to Rav Oshir, if they already did Yibam, they're fully married, and she could also back out of that marriage. It's a new marriage. What we're discussing here is Zika. There's this connection before they do Yibam or Chalitza, and Beishamai says she cannot back out of that and do Mion. Beishel says that he, she could. The question is, what's the case? Rabbi Oshia says she can only back out of the Maimar. Maimar, again, is the rabbinic form of Yibam. Uh, by giving a Yibam is done through having sexual relations. But that's on a biblical level. On a rabbinic level, we say giving a ring or a document. That will create Yibam on a rabbinic level called Maimar. So she has the ability to get out of that because that was already a relationship which was created. So actively created through him. So she has the right to get out of that. It won't completely uproot it. She still has to do Chalitza. Because it just uh, undoes the mimer that itself, uh, but Roshi says, and that's the main point. This is the following is the main point that she has no right to back out of the actual zika to uproot the zika, which will then the zika is the connection, the automatic connection that's created by by the Torah by God between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law when the husband passes away. She has no right to uproot that. To uproot that means to uproot the entire marriage, the, the marriage that she had with her deceased husband. She can't do that. She can't do that after after marriage. After the husband dies. That's the position of Rabosha. Amr of Chistam, my time is Rabosha. What's the logic behind Rabosha? So says the Gemara. Maimar, Dimidaita, Matsi Akra, Zika, Dabal, Korchala, Matsi Akra, Maimar, which uh, she has to agree to. It's something which uh, she has to agree to, has to be done willingly. So then she has the ability to uproot the Maimar. She can uproot the Maimar, and then she's left still with Zika to do Chalitza or Yibam. Uh, but to uproot the Zika itself, that just automatic connection to the brother-in-law, she has no right to do uh, because it, that happens against her will. That happens automatically and she cannot do Mian to get out of that. The Gemara then asks, oh, I don't understand. But if she did Yibam, Yibam actually works against her will. You could do Yibam against her will. Not that we recommend it at all. God forbid, but if she could do it against her. In fact, we've had uh, Gemaras which said that we, we advise her not to. And him not to. We try to trick him into it. This is what we saw recently. To make sure he does chalitza instead of yibam if she doesn't want to do yibam. Uh, but if he did it, it, technically, if he did it against her will, so then it works. But yet, so that's against her will, but yet she has the ability to back out of it. Everybody agrees she has the ability to back out of it. So what's the difference between Zika and Maimar? So the Gemara changes and says, Ella bia umaymar dehu ka'avid matzi akra. Zika derachmana ramala lo matzi akra. 
the logic is as follows. Because he had, he's the one who creates it, whether it's through Yibam or through Maimar, this rabbinic form of Yibam, by giving a ring or a marriage document, he's the one who creates it, so then she has the ability to uproot it. But when it comes to the Zika, that automatic connection, once her husband passes away, that's done through the Torah. She has no ability to uproot that. And that is all the position of Rabbi Oshia. Ula Amar, however, Ula says, No, my time in the suite, come Ka'akra. But Ula says, No, she does have the right to uproot the Zika. The way she uproots the Zika is that it's not, Zika is automatic after the husband dies. But really, what's taking place is that she, because she has the Zika, and she still has a connection to her original husband who passed away, she could, she could do Mian and uproot not just the Zika, but even the original marriage. She has the ability to uproot the original marriage. There might be certain, certain differences than. Uh, if you were to uproot it while you're married, as we'll see soon, but she has that ability to uproot even the marriage itself. The husband's not alive, but she has the ability to uproot the entire marriage. In a regular case where there is no zika, she doesn't have an ability to uproot uh, the the uh, if they got divorced. She she can't all of a sudden do me after they get divorced. Uh, but here she could do me because of the zika. There's still some sort of connection there, and she has the ability to uproot it retroactively, even though the husband is no longer alive. Aceve Rava Ula Rava asks an Ula based on the very first Mishnah of our tractate. So we're going back many, many weeks, about 106 weeks. What does the Mishnah say? Kol Any woman whose husband passed away and she originally had the ability to do Mian and she didn't do Mian and it's a case where... Uh, she basically married her uncle, so that now she falls to her father. So certainly that's called erva, which is why it's in the first Mishnah. She's a, she can't do yibum because it's her, her father. So that would also, in general, exempt her co-wife, her tzara. Right? That was all the way at the beginning. So we say if she could have done mian, so it's a weaker marriage because she could have always backed out of it. So therefore the co-wife has to do chalitza. She cannot do yibum. But the, the point of the word is vamai. Timayin kamai. Says, I don't understand. Ula just said she could do Mian even after the husband dies. So we should tell her. Why does the Mishnah say if she could have done Mian when the husband was alive? No, Ula says right now she could do Mian right now. Even though the husband died, there's still the Zika, there's still the connection that extends after the husband dies. There's the Zika that's created to her brother in law. So go ahead and do Mian right now, according to Ula. So the Lord says, No, Tara's Arab is shiny. There's a difference. It's a difference. Titani Rami Bari Chesel Miyana Bebal Motaris Aviv Biyavam Asur Laviv Amad Bishas Nafila Nires Kikalasa Achanam Bishas Nafila Nires Kitzaras Bita. No, there's a big difference. If one were, if she were to do Miyan when she's married to her husband and her husband is still alive, so everyone will understand she's uprooting the marriage completely. She's no longer related to him. Was never related to him. She can marry her father, his the, the husband who's not really a husband anymore. Retroactively, she undid everything. The husband's father, the husband's brother, she could get married to any of the relatives. She's not viewed as married to him because she did the mian while she was married. However, for her to go ahead and do the mian after her husband died, so even though halachically speaking, conceptually, it's like it retroactively undoes the entire marriage, but from public perception, the husband died. She was married. She was married to him. People will think that she's married to him. And so therefore, even though she could do mian after the husband dies, but still... We'll still say that, you know what, she cannot marry her father-in-law. Her husband's father, she cannot marry because people think that they were actually married. Not only that, but also the co-wife has to do chalitza because people won't realize that 
It's like she was never actually married. She did this after he died. Of course they were married. That's what people will think. And so therefore, even the co-wife, who technically is exempt, because co-wives were one of them, is related to the brother-in-law. Everybody's exempt, if it's on a biblical level, with kares. So, so to hear she's exempt, but because because she did, uh, she should be exempt, but because she did mion, really, it's like retroactively it's undone, but because she did mion after the husband died, people will think that they were actually married, and so therefore we say, tell the co-wife to go ahead and do chalitza. That's the explanation of the Gemara. Okay, the Gemara now continues with three statements. We'll have three statements here about what happens if you do mion during this time period where you have this connection to your brother-in-law or multiple brothers-in-law, but you have not yet done yibam or chalitza. So Amar Rav, first statement is the statement of Rav. Rav says, Mi'ana bazeh asur lazeh, mi'dahava ba'al zaget. Ba'al zaget, lav, kevin ditzrela, l'chad, ditzrela, l'kulu, hachanami loshna. Rav says, if she go ahead, goes ahead and she does mi'ana to one of the, bro- the brothers-in-law, to one of the yavams, again, this is before yibam or chalitza takes place. He says that because she did mi'ana to one of the brothers, uh, so therefore, it's equivalent to, let's say, she did Mimer and then she, she received a get, a divorce document. This is all on a, on a rabbinic level. We'll say, you know what? There's a concept, even on a rabbinic level, that once you, once you blew it, you blew it. Once you were not able to do Yibam, because you, she received a divorce document, so she cannot do Yibam with any of the other brothers. So Rav says, so too over here. Once she did Mion to one of the brothers, she cannot do Yibam to any of the other brothers. She's not allowed to. Shmuel argues, Shmuel Amar Mion Abuzah, Mutar Sazah, Velo Damia Labala Saget, Bala Saget, who did Kaavid Bah, Hacha, he Kaavid Bah, the Amar Lorina Bah, Velo Savina Bah, Bechahu de Lorina, Habachavrech Raina. Shmuel says, No, if she does Mion to one of the brothers, people are going to think that it's like she's saying that I just don't want to marry you, but I want to marry somebody else. It's not that she's retroactively uprooting the original marriage. No, people are going to think that. That uh, she's just uh, undoing, doesn't want to marry that particular brother-in-law, but maybe she'll marry another brother-in-law. And so therefore we're going to say, if she does me into one brother, she can still marry one of the other brothers. She can't marry the one that she did me into, but she can marry and do Yibam with one of the other brothers-in-law. That is Shmuel. Rav Asi has the biggest leniency. Rav Asi, Amar, Rav Asi says that if she does me to the one brother-in-law, she's even allowed to marry him. She's allowed, she's allowed to do Yibam with him. So Gemara wants to know, wait a minute, who is this going like? Is this like Rabbi Oshia, who says that you can never do Miyun to uproot the Zika? If you remember, we had Rabbi Oshia and Ula. Ula said that you could have, uh, you could have the Miyun uproot the Zika, but Rabbi Oshia says you can't. It's only limited to this very specific case where there's already Maimar, a rabbinic form of Yibam. But if there wasn't a rabbinic form of Yibam, uh, you cannot just uproot the zika. So maybe that's what Ravasi is saying. You attempted to do mion, but it cannot get rid of the zika. The Gemara answer is no. Bechad yavam hachanami demotzi akra. Hacha bishnei yavim naskinan de'en mion lachatzi zika. The Gemara says no. Ravasi is really going according to Ula. Really, you could uproot the zika. You could uproot the original marriage. That's only when there's one yavam. There's one brother-in-law, so then you could uproot everything. But if there's two, which is interesting, it's like you have a connection to both of them independently. It's like there's a zika to each one. And for her to go ahead and do, do mion just to one of the brothers-in-law, that's mion l'chatzayin. That's a, a half of, that's doing mion to half of the zika. It, it's, impossible. it's meaningless. To do mion to half of the zika is meaningless. You still have the zika to the other 
uh, brother-in-law. So it's like you did nothing. It's like you did nothing. So go ahead. And, that's what Ravasi is saying. Go ahead and get, get married. There's a big difference. According to this, for Ula, whether there's only one brother-in-law or there's multiple brothers-in-law, if there's one brother-in-law, so then she could uproot the whole marriage. She could uproot the whole Zika through Mion. If there's multiple ones, so then she can't do it because if she does Mion to one, uh, so then that's only half of the Zika. Some of the commentators point out. But if she did Mion to all the brothers-in-law, so then that would be fine, according to Ula. If she did it to every, all of them, because that uproots the Zika of all of them. Ki also Rabbi Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, He said, the middle position, the position of Shmuel, that if you do Mion to one, you're allowed to marry the other brothers, but you're not allowed to marry him. So, Man lo hodulo, Amr Abaye Rav, Rav Amr Abaye Rav, Abaye says that it's Rav, who's the one that argues on him? Well, Shmuel was the middle position. Rav said that you cannot marry anybody. So Abaye says it's Rav. Rav Amar Raboshia, Amar La Ravasi. Rav says, no, maybe it's Raboshia. Raboshia says um, that Mio never works, even if there's multiple or one. Yavam, one brother in law, it doesn't make a difference. It will never work uh, because he's in the position you can never uproot the marriage entirely. Or maybe maybe what Rav was really saying was like it's sort of like Rav Asi, who's within Ula. That really, according to Ula, you could uproot the marriage, but that's only if there's one brother-in-law, if there are multiple brothers-in-law. You can't do me on just the one brother-in-law. You still have the Zika to the other brother-in-law. Okay? That is the whole discussion between uh, the Yavam, about uh, the dispute between Bisham and Bishilo, about whether or not you could do me to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law. Again, all of this is prior, before they end up doing Yibam or Chalitza. Dispute number three is whether it has to take place in front of him or not. Does it have to take place in front of him? Beishamah says yes. Beishamah says no, it doesn't have to take place in front of the husband. Again, we're not discussing any more yibum. Nothing to do with yibum. Regular, I don't know about regular, but it's a rabbinic marriage. Uh, the mother or the brother married her off. She was under the age of 12. She now wants to back out of the marriage. She has to say something, say that she's not interested in this anymore. Uh, does this have to be done in front of him or not? So Beishamah says it does. Beishamah says it doesn't. Tanya, Amr lehem Beishamah, Beis Hillel says that, wait a minute, <laughs> we know of a case, we, we, we know of a case where the wife of Pishon, the camel driver, he was always um, uh, always away, he was always traveling, and she did Mion, not in front of him. She did Mion, not in front of him. So we see that it works to do it, not in front of him. So Amr Lam Beishamah, Beishamah tells Beis Hillel, no, that was an exception to the rule. Pishon Agama Bamida Kipshuta Madad. A piece of the Gamal, um, he did not take care of the property that she brought into the marriage. Something we mentioned in the last recording, that uh, he didn't end up taking care of the property, and because he didn't take care of the property, lefichach madulah b'mida kipshuta So basically, because he didn't take care of the property, this is like a fine that we have on him. We'll punish him, and Tosus explains that we punish him because uh, how can we punish him? If it's uh, not the halacha, we can't just go outside of the halacha. So this is one of the proofs that Beishamai says that even though in a lechatchila situation, ideally it should be taking place in front of him, but if it's bedieved, uh, if it's uh, after the fact, or if it's not an ideal situation, so then we allow it even to take place not in front of him, which is exactly this case. Because he didn't treat her property, pro- property uh, in the right way, so therefore we're going to say, you know what, she could do it not in front of him. The Gemara then asks, if you remember what we had in the last recording, So the Gemara says, I understand, if she was, he was using her property, that means they must have been married. 
If they're married, but Shammai says you can't do Mian anyways. You're not allowed to do Mian once they're fully married. Um, so they say, you know what? He even went against that. They were only engaged. Sorry, because uh, because she didn't treat it proper. He didn't treat the property properly, uh, and he just uh, he, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't treating it in the right way. So the, the chachamim they allowed him allowed two things to take place that. Uh, in general, we try not to do. Number one is that she's allowed to do Mia and not in front of him. And number two is that they allow it even though they're already married. Interestingly enough. Did it already when they're already married. Okay. Moving on in the Gemaras. We try to finish this Gemara up to the next Mishnah. Next dispute. Beishamai Omrim B'fnei Beizim B'fnei Beizim B'fnei Beizim B'fnei says this has to take place in front of a court of three. Beishol says no. It doesn't have to take place in front of court. Tanan Hasam, the problem is that the Mishnah says, Achalita Mimuna Vishlosha Mantana. The Mishnah says in the beginning of Sanhedrin that you need three. So who's the author of that Mishnah? Omar Rabbah Beishamah, Rabbah says it's Beishamah, who says it has to be done in front of court. Abai says, No, Abai Omar Afilu Tim Beisilo. Al Kan Lokami Beisilo El Dilo Bainan Mumchen. Abba Shlosha Bainan. He says, Beisilo, when he says it doesn't have to be in front of, in front of court, it doesn't mean, of course it has to take place in front of court. It has to take place in front of three. What it means is, is that you don't need Mumchen, you don't need expert judges. Doesn't have to be extra judges. Kiditanya, as we have in the following bracelet. Bisham Rami Bifne Bazin, Bisilom Rami Bifne Bazin, Shalom Bifne Bazin, Ve'ele Ve'ele Modin, Shitark Shlosha. It fits with the bracelet, which says that in the end of the day, the Tanakhama says both Bisham and Bisil say you need three. You might not need Mumchen, experts, but you need three. Just the continuation of that bracelet is that there's others who argue. Bisham and Bisil both agree you need three, but Rabbiosi Bar Yehuda, Rabblazer, Rabshim, Machshim, Bishnayim. Some say you can only have, you only need two, and that's the way we follow, actually, you need two. Um, we follow the position that says all you need is two. Why two? Could be two is just for witnesses. You don't really need a court. You just need witnesses. Or perhaps we do find sometimes that a court of two is viewed as a court. And so therefore all you need is two. Again, this is all rabbinic. This is all uh, a rabbinic marriage. This is a rabbinic meon uh, of undoing the marriage. This is all on a rabbinic level. And so this is all coming from a, a rabbinic psak, a rabbinic uh, decision. Okay, finally, the last line of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, we had a dispute between Basil and Basham. Basil says that you could do Mion, then get married again. Mion, then get married again. You could constantly get in and out of the marriage. Basil says, no, Basham says, no, what are you talking about? Because perhaps Basham says it has to be done in a real court of, of Mumchen, of, of experts. It looks like a joke. If she does that, it's going to look like a joke. Gets married, Mion, get married, Mion. It looks like a joke. But then the last line of the Mishnah is a bit difficult. The last line of the Mishnah said that rather, what does Basham say you should do? Do Mian, and then wait until she gets older and do Mian again. What do you mean do Mian again? You only have to do Mian once. And when you get older also, it's meaningless to do Mian. She already did Mian. Amar Shmuel, two answers. Shmuel says that it's true, but what she has to do is, is that once she gets older, she has to say that I uphold my initial decision to do Mian. That she has to do Mian as a minor, but once she reaches the age of 12, she has to announce, I maintain my position that I am doing Mian here and that I want to back out of this marriage. That's what Shmuel says. Ula Amar Ula says, no, you don't have to do that at the age of 12. You don't have to, once you back out of the marriage, you back out of the marriage. Tarti Katani. Rather, the Mishnah was telling us two things. It was telling us her options. Either she could do Mian right now, uproot the marriage, this rabbinic marriage, and wait till she gets older to get engaged. Or... She could do mean right now. Um, and then she could get married if she 
she she can marry uh, immediately. She's allowed to get married, um, but she shouldn't uh, only become engaged. The logic behind this is Beishamai. If you recall from Beishamai, the first dispute was that Beishamai said, if you get married, so then you can't back out of that, that marriage. Once she gets married, even though it's on a rabbinic level, she can't back out of that marriage, um, and she can't do she can't do uh, miyun once they're married. So essentially, Beishamai is telling them, telling her, you have two options. You can't do miyun again. You already did miyun once. You can't do miyun again. That's the position of Beishamai. So what are your options? Wait to get married, or it's really to get engaged, just to get engaged after you're above the age of 12, or... If you want, you can get married right away. After you do me and after you, you, you back out, you can marry somebody else right away. Uh, but it has to be a real marriage. It has to be not just an engagement, but a real marriage because once you're married, then you can no longer do me and That's fine. Do me and once and then get married. The Gemara says, The Gemara says, again, we gave two explanations. One is Shmuel, one is Ula. Uh, but according to Shmuel, it's about the fact that you have to make a statement that the age of 12, that I, I maintain my position that uh, I wanted to do Mian, I wanted to back out of the marriage. So the Gemara says, so then in the Mishnah, it shouldn't say Mian, it should say uh, that you should say something when she gets older, that she should make a certain statement about maintaining uh, her position. Uh, so that's a question, that's really a question on Shmuel, why the Mishnah didn't say that. Okay, this concludes the Gemara, and we are now towards the bottom of Kuzan and Beis 107, as we are going to, in next week's recording, begin with a new Mishnah about Mian.